what will this brand say about me? So this is kind of like a classic Tom's shoes kind of thing where people weren't always buying Tom's shoes because they're the best shoes, the highest quality, the most comfortable, whatever. Part of the reason they were buying them is this conspicuous consumption idea of they liked that by wearing those shoes and other people seeing that little blue Tom's flag on their shoe that it said, hey, I'm the type of person who helps other people out, right? So whatever your brand is about, you have to think about what it might mean if somebody buys it. Like, is it going to make them look cool? Is it going to make them look geeky? Is it going to make them look like a health nut? Is it going to make them look like an indulgent foodie, etc.? As much as we like to think that doesn't matter, it does. You know, sometimes people buy products specifically because of what it means about them. This is Evolve CPG, a community of purpose-driven brand leaders who not only believe in better, but actively pursue it. That's better products, better brands, and better leadership for a better world. You can join our online community right now, where we're going further, faster together at community.evolvecpg.com. Join us. I'm your host, Gage Mitchell, founder and creative director of Modern Species, a sustainable brand design agency helping better brands grow and scale their impact. On this episode, we're going to talk about one of the most powerful tools that you have as a marketer, a brander, a designer, etc. if you're trying to grow a consumer packaged goods brand. And that is your packaging. Your packaging, especially if you're going to retail, is one of the most important things to resolve because in a sea of options, your package somehow needs to grab somebody's attention, convince them that they need and want this thing, get them to put it in their cart, and ideally gives them enough information to use it, have a good experience, and come back wanting more of your products. That's a lot of work to put on one tiny little box or bottle, label, etc. So, with limited amount of space, with limited amount of time, you want to make sure that you're optimizing that experience for the consumer. As the maker of a product or as a designer or marketer or whatever, it's easy to just get so caught up in our own minds, knowing all the things that we know about that product and forget to put things in a way that's easy for someone who knows nothing about our category, the food industry, health and nutrition, etc. So what we're going to do today is take a bit of time to go through 30 questions of probably hundreds, I'm sure, but we're just going to focus on 30 questions today framed from the consumer lens. These are questions that I probably ask myself while shopping, that you probably ask yourself while shopping, and that your consumer is probably asking themselves while shopping. If we can answer these questions quickly, clearly, and in a compelling way, we'll sell more products. And that's what we're here for, right? Because our brands are meant to build a better world. So the more of them we sell, the better the world will become, which is awesome. Okay, so before we dive in, I want to give a quick shout out to Adobe, those software makers that run that uh, PDF program that you love. Or maybe if you're a designer or creative, you might be digging into InDesign, Photoshop, Illustrator on a daily basis, etc. So Adobe has these series of events called Creative Jams. 
They're doing one soon on virtual product photography. And these are interactive events where you use the software, where you collaborate and compete against other people and win some cool prizes. I'll tell you a little bit more about that event later in this episode. But if you can't wait, check out the show notes. There will be a link to the upcoming event there. And some of you, maybe new listeners or maybe people who come here often and skip past the intro, might be wondering, who is this guy? Why is he talking about packaging? So again, my name is Gage Mitchell. I run an agency called Modern Species. And one of the main things we do as a brand design agency is apply brands to packaging. We do a lot of food packaging, personal care packaging, etc. But we spend so much time geeking out on packaging that it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about and one of the things I love researching. And one of the ways I research is I am also a food geek. I, I love grocery shopping. So I'm one of those weird people who has yet to ever order any groceries to be delivered online or anything like that because I love walking through the store and seeing what options are on the shelf. And I love picking up packaging and taking photos of beautiful packaging and analyzing packaging. And then I also, uh, as part of this industry for 13 plus years, I've gone to a lot of trade shows where I get to see upcoming packaging trends. And I see a lot of packaging that I instantly know is not going to work in the consumer retail space because while it may be beautiful, it doesn't communicate well or it doesn't pull me in or it doesn't differentiate, etc. So what we're going to do today is just unpack some of what I might think of as a consumer, what I know other consumers are thinking about, but also just from a designer perspective, things that I know that are important to resolve. So we have 30 questions to discuss. Very briefly, I can't go into a lot of detail because otherwise this would be a three-hour episode. Nobody's going to sit and listen to that right now. If this is really interesting to you and you would love to dig in deeper, shoot me an email at evolve at modernspecies.com and maybe I can get enough of those requests and turn it into a class or something like that in our community, which is community.evolvecpg.com. If you're not part of that already and you work in this space or just curious about this space or support other brands or whatever, just pop into the community. It's free. We have dialogues, events coming soon, more classes and mastermind groups and stuff like that. So before we start nerding out on all 30 questions, just know that you don't need to like frantically be taking notes of these questions. You can go in the show notes and download a PDF with all the questions. So for now, just focus on paying attention to the questions, thinking about your the brands you work on, the brand you own or products you create, or if you're just a consumer here, just think about how you analyze packaging and see if these questions hold true for you. So again, don't take notes, just process. So the categories we're going to discuss, we've got 30 questions broken up evenly across five areas of focus. Messaging, images, branding, form, and sustainability. You know, this is Evolve CPG after all. we got to talk about that impact stuff. So we'll start with the first one, messaging. I put this one first because, you know, if you don't listen to the rest of the episode, this one is the most important thing to think about purely because you could have the most beautiful packaging in the world and not sell very many products because you didn't communicate what it is or why anyone should buy it. I've also seen some really ugly packaging that sells 10 times the amount of product that an ugly package does because they nailed their messaging 
or their images or something else, but often kind of some of the messaging. So what you'll be asking yourself if you're analyzing a product or a brand that you've created or, or that you manage or help promote or something like that is how well is this package communicating? And the consumers might ask themselves one of these six questions or maybe more questions, but we're just going to start here. What is this product? Why would I want this? How would I use it? Is this the best of the options I have available here or online or anywhere else? Does this meet my personal criteria? And is this a good value? Again, we could go deeper in lots of questions, et cetera, but let's just break these six down real quick. So what is this product? Maybe very clear to you, but keep in mind, a lot of customers, shoppers, consumers out there don't know anything about food or nutrition or sustainability or whatever else. So they're walking through the store with kids screaming, et cetera. They don't have a lot of time to think. They're just glancing at your product for a second or two max. They need to quickly upon either first glance or second glance max, know what your product is and whether or not it's relevant to them. So if it doesn't do that, you better be in a category where that doesn't matter. Like maybe gourmet chocolate where, you know, you can just have a piece of art on the box because somebody's in the chocolate aisle. They know exactly what they're looking for. And maybe they're just looking for a fancy chocolate and that's all that matters. But most categories, you need to be very clear. And then why would they want this in the first place? Especially if you're starting a new category or you have some sort of special ingredient or yours is better than the standard product on the shelf. You need to quickly, clearly explain why they would want this thing in the first place. You know, everybody knows what sliced bread is, but not everyone knows what your gluten-free broccoli crackers are and why they would want that instead of just a standard cracker, right? So think about why they would want it. And then think about how they might use it. Again, it's obvious to you, but not obvious to everyone else. You could be in the cereal aisle and have some funky new cereal type of name that comes from South America or something like that. But if people don't know how that would use it, like, do I put it in a bowl? Is it in a cup? Is it a smoothie? Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it whatever? Like, if you're not somehow explaining how they might use it, just in quick communication on the front panel or more detailed information on the back panel, they're probably going to be a little bit too nervous to buy it. Like how often do you buy something that you're like, I don't know how to use this. It looks interesting, but like, I'm going to get home and have to look up YouTube. Like that's a lot of thinking to go through to decide whether or not to buy something. And then is this the best of the options? So you might have multiple options on shelf. Are the differences between them clear? Like maybe one of them, you buy the bigger package and it's cheaper per serving. Maybe one of them's the gluten-free and the other one's the regular, you know, like, but you got to be clear about what the difference between those packages are. And then also compared to your competitors, what makes you stand out? Are you the only sugar-free version or something like that? Make it very clear, whatever it is that your target consumer will care about and that differentiates you from the other products. And then this one's difficult. You know, you have to know your core consumer, but does this meet my personal criteria? And we're talking about the shopper, not you. So maybe your target consumer is hardcore vegan. And is this very clearly a vegan product? Is your target consumer celiac and gluten-free? Is your target consumer a fitness nut and needs the right amount of protein or something like that? But whatever it is that you know your consumers are looking for, 
make sure that you're communicating that as quickly and clearly as possible. And then, you know, for criteria that's more of a secondary use case, put it on the back panel or whatever, but make sure it's there. And then especially for more premium niche products, like the ones that we typically work with, people might be asking, is this a good value? You know, price does matter. It's not the only thing. You know, taste and quality and other things matter too. But yes, price is going to be a concern. And if you have a more concentrated or a more potent or a more nutritious product that's going to be more expensive, but maybe has more value packed in it, make sure you're communicating that somehow so that people aren't just looking at the size of your package compared to the size of your competitor's package and seeing that they're cheaper and in a bigger box. If you're a smaller box, if you're more potent, if you're whatever, you know, just make sure you're communicating that. So again, there's other messaging stuff you could think about. For now, just think about those six questions. Is your packaging crushing it or does it need to be tweaked? Now let's move on to section two, images. Now I, I think this is what most people mean when they say good packaging, beautiful packaging, whatever it is. Does it grab your attention? And I think a lot of people assume that if you just stand out on shelf, you'll sell more products. And that does help because in a busy shelf of lots of products, consumers are going to go wherever their eye pulls them first, right? But if you don't nail that first stuff, the messaging, as soon as they look at you and they don't know what you are or why they should buy you, their eyes will keep moving. So for sure, let's dial in images, but you know, keep in mind the messaging first. So does this grab their attention? So a consumer might be asking themselves while looking at your product, what does the product actually look like? <laughs> like once I open this, what am I going to have in my hand? Does it look appetizing? What are the core ingredients? What flavor options do I have? What is the difference between this one and this one? What is the place of origin? Again, we could go on with lots of other uh, questions, but these are a few that I thought might make important to solve up front. So let's go back to the top. What does this product look like? I know, again, it seems obvious to you, you make the product or market the product, but if I don't know whether this is like a giant waffle or a square waffle or a circle waffle or a tiny waffle or a waffle with bits of toffee in it, that's going to be hard for me to make a decision. And maybe your best selling feature is the texture or the inclusions or the color or the shape or whatever. So make sure that you are communicating with your images what this product looks like so that you get me, you know, communicate clearly to me, but also hopefully get me excited. And then does it look appetizing? You know, let's be honest, we're all food products should probably look appetizing. However, that's not always the case with food photography. There's plenty of packages out there that look bland or boring or even kind of gross, maybe with some bad printing. So when you're thinking about your images, are you considering how to make it look appetizing, like how to make it look hot and steamy if it's some sort of hot dish, how to make it look ooey gooey if it's some sort of dessert or or something like that. But just think about how you can make it look appetizing while not looking too fake or not like the actual product. And then what are the core ingredients? So especially for alternative ingredient type of products like crust made out of cauliflower or something like that, you're probably you could just say cauliflower crust or something like that, right? But picture is worth a thousand words. Sometimes it's easier just to put some cauliflower in there or oats or whatever your product is made of. If you show images of that, it'll communicate much quicker and more clearly than having to write it out on your package. What flavor options do I have? Hopefully, 
you have more than one flavor, you know, not required, of course, but like consumers like options, retailers like options. So if you have multiple flavors, how are you making it obvious? Yes, you can make it obvious in the text, but again, people are probably going to look at images a little bit more than text. So be, and with wanting to use as few words as possible, sometimes it's better to lead with an image of the flavor options. So if I'm looking at a series of smoothie mixes or something like that, and I see blueberries on the front, I'm going to probably assume that's a blueberry smoothie, right? So that's sometimes quicker, easier, because it's both color, image, shape, you know, all those kind of things are queuing in my mind. And then I, I can read the words to confirm it afterwards. And then what is the difference between these two things or this one and this one? That's often when you have packaging that kind of looks the same and you're not making it super clear that one of these is gluten-free or one of them is vegan or one of these is whatever else. It might be confusing for the consumer. They might walk home with the wrong product and then be pissed when they get home. But also just on the shelf, it makes it so much easier if you can use some images, some graphics, some icons, some colors, some whatever to make sure that you're communicating the difference between two different products and they don't have to sit there, bust out their bifocals and kind of read every all the copy on your package to figure out the difference. And then what is the place of origin? Now that one is interesting in some categories. Let's just say like olive oil or something. Some people are going to be looking for olive oil that comes from a traditional olive oil producing region. Some might just want some local olive oil. Whatever the your target consumer is interested in, you can communicate through visuals, whether that's a photo or a graphic, an icon or a silhouette of a map or something like that. You can communicate some of that place of origin. So that happens a lot for like made in the USA type of products, but also locals, big movement, or if something's better somewhere like Californian wine or whatever, that's, that could be a compelling reason to put some sort of imagery, place of origin imagery. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about that Adobe event. So you know how we all need beautiful images to get people excited about trying and buying our products? From our website to social media and more, it seems like we never have enough images. But another photo shoot isn't always feasible, and those 2D mockups don't always look quite right photoshopped into stock photo backgrounds. Luckily, with Adobe 3D tools, you can skip the studio and make photorealistic 3D scenes, CPG product shots, portfolio mockups, and more. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, now is the time to give it a try, because on August 17th, Adobe is hosting a free Creative Jam event where you can try out their Substance 3D software to create a virtual photography scene and then enter it to win prizes. Learn more and register at cjam.in slash virtualphoto. And now let's get back to the episode. All right, moving on to branding. You might want to ask yourself, will they keep buying your products? So branding isn't always the first reason they buy it, you know, maybe it literally is just the ingredients or a beautiful photo or something like that. And they've never heard of your brand, but if they like it and they like what your brand has to say, maybe they'll keep coming back. And if there's a sea of options that seem the same, your brand could be the thing that tips the scale in your favor, especially if you're a little bit more expensive, but if you have a nicer brand, maybe that'll push them over. So some questions that consumers might be asking themselves when looking at your packaging in relation to your branding. Is this a reputable brand? What is this brand all about anyway? Is this brand for people like me? Do their values match mine? 
what will buying this say about me? I wonder if they have other products. Again, lots of other questions they could be asking, but let's uh, go back to the top. Is this a reputable brand? So obviously, if you look like you just scraped it together, the package together looks really unprofessional. You got gross images. Your logo looks like your niece did it on some Microsoft Paint application or whatever, you know, like I could go on. But like, if it doesn't look good, if they haven't seen it before, if you've buried the brand, even though you've been doing a bunch of brand marketing, like if you're not looking polished, if you're not looking trustworthy, if you're not looking compelling, if you're not looking familiar, they might not know whether or not they can trust you. Sure, if you're a cheap product and you're mostly focused on selling the most affordable option, maybe this doesn't matter as much because if they're just focused on affordable, they might just grab yours anyway. But if you're selling a more premium product and you don't look more premium, or if you're selling a more healthy product and you don't look more healthy, et cetera, that could be a problem. And then what is this brand all about? So a lot of brands that we work with have a very specific reason for being. And if you do, it's probably good to communicate that by maybe you weave it into your brand name. Maybe it's woven into your logo. Maybe it's at the top of every package. Maybe you've got some sort of cool icon that's on every package that becomes recognizable. Whatever the thing is that you're about, just try to make sure you're clearly communicating that because that might help people buy you in the first place. Sure. But if they know that you're the brand that makes delicious, you know, gluten-free with the texture of gluten or something like that products and they buy it and they like it because you made that icon prominent, because you made that promise prominent, they're going to go and look for all your other products, right? So just make it obvious what you're all about so they know what they can look to you for. And then is this brand for people like me? Maybe you're targeting a Gen Z audience or a millennial audience or a health and fitness audience or a whatever culinary kind of audience. Design your brand to evoke the kind of language, visual language that that audience resonates with, right? If you're aiming for a cool hip brand, maybe it's a more minimalist package with brighter colors and cute little illustrations or something like that. Whoever you're trying to communicate to, try to communicate in their language. Do their values match mine? Is another question people might ask. Now that could be on the side of the package, back of package, front of package, whatever, but you might list, you know, we never have this and we never have that, or we only use this and we only use that, or we'll always do this, or we'll never do that kind of stuff. Whatever your values are, if you list those on the package and they really connect with your target user or consumer, then they might be like really excited about your product and want to look for everything else you have in the store. And, and it could be the boxes that they needed checked in order to buy your product. And then what will this brand say about me? So this is kind of like a classic Tom's shoes kind of thing where people weren't always buying Tom's shoes because they're the best shoes, the highest quality, the most comfortable, whatever. Part of the reason they were buying them is this conspicuous consumption idea of they liked that by wearing those shoes and other people seeing that little blue Tom's flag on their shoe that it said, hey, I'm the type of person who helps other people out, right? So whatever your brand is about, you have to think about what it might mean if somebody buys it. Like, is it going to make them look cool? Is it going to make them look geeky? Is it going to make them look like a health nut? Is it going to make them look like an indulgent foodie, etc.? As much as we like to think that doesn't matter, it does. You know, sometimes people buy products specifically because of what it means about them. Think about like method cleaners, for example. 
are they the best cleaning products in the world? Who knows, really? But the bottles look cool in your bathroom, in your guest bathroom, right? Okay. And then another question, I wonder if they have other products. So again, branding isn't always necessarily about getting them to buy it in the first place, which it can be, but not always. But it for sure is get them to buy again the next time over and over again. So if you have very clear branding with very clear brand elements that are recognizable across the grocery store. Therefore, if I'm scanning the aisle, I can quickly and easily see your products because they're always in this color or they always have this design element or whatever else it is. Then it'll be much easier for them to come back and buy more of your product. Okay, moving on. We've got two sections left, so hang in there with me. This section, we'll talk about form. What expectations are you setting with the materials, the shape, the size, et cetera, of your package. All right. Questions a consumer might ask themselves are, is this the category I'm looking for? Where and how would I use this? Is this a single serving or a multiple serving product? Is this for everyday use or special occasions? Is this a high quality product? Is this a sustainable product? Again, many other questions we could be asking, but let's focus on these. So back to the top. Is this the category I'm looking for? Most of the time, people want to choose the package, shape, size, material, etc. that fits in with their category, partly because that package is used a lot for a good reason. Like maybe it's got the right moisture barrier properties or the right functionality or the right shape and size and whatever else. But sometimes people want to break outside of that category. With that said, different strategies, of course. But let's just say you want to make sure that you look like a milk. You're probably going to be in a milk container. But let's just say you're in a crowded plant-based milk market and you're not really sure how to stand out. Maybe your attributes aren't going to stand out. So maybe you choose package form to stand out instead, like Califia Farm. And they created that kind of really elegant bottle form, right? Maybe you want to fit in sometimes. Maybe you want to stand out. That's up to you. But just know that often people are looking for those visual cues of the tub of butter means it's going to be a spreadable butter. The sticks of butter mean it's going to be something I can bake with or whatever, right? So sometimes the shape of your product and the shape of the packaging tells a lot to the consumer, communicates a lot to the consumer. All right, next question is, where and how would I use this product, <laughs> right? So again, especially for new categories, you are going to want to make sure that in your messaging, your images, et cetera, it's kind of clear, but your packaging form can communicate some of that as well. For example, we had a client called Yum Butter who was the kind of first nut butter to put themselves in a resealable pouch, a little flexible pouch. The reason they did that is because they wanted their nut butters to be something you throw in your backpack and take hiking throw in your briefcase and your school bag or whatever and use it as a snack throughout the day. And you're not always going to have a knife. You don't want to carry breakable glass. Like there's all these kind of reasons for it, but you know, making it this easy thing that you can just squeeze on an apple, banana, a cracker, you know, whatever. So the form of the package itself hinted at how you could use it. There's many other examples you could think of, but you know, the, your choice of size, your choice of material, your choice of opening or closing, you know, your cap or whatever. All of those are choices that communicate something about the product. And then another question is, is this a single serving or a multiple serving? So 
Hopefully that's obvious in most cases, but it's not always. Sometimes you buy a box of something at Costco or the regular store or whatever, and then you find out it's full of a bunch of individual serving packages and you didn't mean to do that. Sometimes you buy, like you might look at in the grocery store, a you know cold brew coffee concentrate versus a cold brew coffee. And you have to sit there and compare the two of them. Whereas maybe a different package form would have helped communicate that better, right? But if they're in the same package and one of them's like $20 and the other one's $5 and you're like, well, what's the difference here? If it would have been a different package form that could have helped solve that problem. And then is this for everyday or special occasions? So we have some clients who sell a more premium product and put it in very high-end looking giftable package because it's the type of product that maybe people aren't going to buy for themselves and go through two or three of these a week. Maybe they'll still buy it for themselves and go through like one a week, or maybe they'll think this is such a good looking package that I'm going to buy these and take them to other people's houses give them for gifts, birthdays, whatever else, because it's so beautiful. Sometimes it's better to just have your premium package for like holiday times Christmas, Easter, New Year's, you know, whatever holiday it is that your product would be good for. Sometimes it's a good strategy to break out of the normal aisle that you would typically be put in by changing your package form. All up to your strategy, but just ask yourself if the form in your package is communicating a use case. And then is this a high quality product? So hopefully most people in the market are wanting to buy stuff that's not going to poison them or taste gross or, you know, whatever else. But there are certain categories where maybe a more premium version might be nice. Like, let's just say you're going through the wine aisle or something like that. Some people don't really care about the quality of the wine. Some people do. You can suggest quality of wine based on the package form by having a nicer high quality glass with a bigger indentation in the bottom or by wrapping your bottle of wine in this really elegant paper or, you know, having your champagne carried in its own specific carrying container or something like that. But there's just different ways that you can use package form to to grab people's attention and suggest this is a higher quality product. Like, again, scotches would be a good example, too. A good scotch is going to come in a paper tube container, right, with the bottle inside of it. Cheaper scotch isn't going to have that. So what is the form of your product and what is it communicating about the quality? And then lastly, is this a sustainable product? Now we got a whole other section on sustainability, but some people use the form like materials and shape and size to communicate sustainability. Maybe you have a smaller package and suggest that you've right-sized it to reduce materials, or maybe you put your pole package in a craft paper package or something like that to make sure it looks sustainable. Just note that whatever your product form or materials are, it might be suggesting whether it is or isn't sustainable. All right, moving on to the last section, sustainability. I put this in there, not just because this is Evolve CPG where we care about making a positive impact, but the vast majority of consumers do say that they care about packaging sustainability because you know they want to easily do the right thing. Like If you're going to make them do a lot of work for it, they might not do it. But if By you making sure the package is easily recyclable or something, they'll feel good about their purchase and feel better about you. So are you helping them do their part? Six questions a consumer might be asking themselves about the sustainability of your product or package is, is this material safe? 
is the package recyclable, compostable, reusable, etc.? How is this better for farmers of the planet? Can I buy this with less packaging? When does this expire? And what do I do with this when I'm done? Back up to the top. Is this material safe? There is just a growing movement around things like plastic, partially because of the plastic pollution problem, but it's also because you know there's some research that shows that plastic leaches chemicals into your food. So there's going to be people out there that are curious, is this paper, is this plastic, is this plant-based, is this non-renewable materials, et cetera. And some of it will be around safety. Some of it will be about around sustainability. If you remember the BPA kind of controversies around linings of cans or other things like that, for a while, it was really important to make sure that you put like BPA-free or something on the packaging. I think that's kind of in the past now, but you get the idea. There's waves of fears around consumer or around packaging materials. You just want to make sure you're communicating that if you're in one of those types of products. Is the package recyclable or compostable or reusable? Most consumers, when they think of whether or not a package is sustainable, is recyclable, recyclability. They don't necessarily know how to tell if it's recyclable. You know, those little chasing arrow numbers of plastic are confusing. We all know that the (laughs) recycling industry is pretty messed up. I'm going to do a deep dive on recyclability in an upcoming episode. So stay tuned for that. But it's complex. And then there's compostability that is becoming a growing desire because it's more within the control of the consumer sometimes, if especially if it's backyard compostable, but still has its complexities. Is it reusable, et cetera? Whatever your package is, just make sure you're clearly communicating it. There is the howtorecycle.org, I believe, from Sustainable Packaging Coalition. There's that system that is a pretty clear system that has been researched, et cetera, and gives the consumers easier access to information to know what to do with things. So maybe check that out or at least just be very clear on your package what the options are for the consumer because they do care about that. And then how is this better for farmers or the planet or whatever else? If your product is feature is more sustainable, like you're upcycled, you're uh, regenerative, you're whatever, and it doesn't necessarily always have to do with the quality of the product, taste of the product or whatever, then you're talking about sustainability messaging, right? So within your messaging, within your images, within your package form, whatever, people are going to be asking themselves, well, if I'm buying sustainability, how is this better? So clearly communicate how your product is better, maybe by translating it in layman's terms. So maybe it's instead of just saying, this is upcycled, which is awesome. Maybe you say, this is upcycled. We saved 30 gallons of water by upcycling this product, or this is a uh, product that pays farmers better or, you know, whatever it is, but just the more clearly and more consumer term based that you can explain your sustainability, the better. And then some people are on this whole package free movement or less packaging movement. There are some people that go to the extremes and try never to buy packaging, make all their own products, etc. But for any of us who are just trying to deal with less packaging, if you have another option, like an option to buy directly from you at a in a bulk container, or maybe if you're also in bulk bins in the re- grocery store or something, it might be nice to let consumers know, hey, go ahead and buy this right now if you need this package. But if you don't need this size or shape or form of package, find us in these areas um, to reduce your packaging waste. 
All right. And then when does this expire? So back to problems with the world, you know, we all know recycling is an issue, but food waste is a huge issue as well. Upcycling is one solution to it. But another solution is helping consumers actually use the food (laughs) that they buy rather than throwing it out. Part of that problem is confusing expiration dates. So if it's not clear when it expires or if you're in one of those states where they make retailers take it off the shelf way before true expiration date or before it goes bad, you might want to give the consumer options. Let's say they're buying it and the product goes bad in two days. They might be hesitant to buy that product because they don't know if they'll use it all in two days. But if it's the kind of thing where you can say, use what you need now and freeze the rest or something like that, give them some sort of explanation of how to make the food last longer if you do have a short expiration date would be super helpful. And then what do I do with this when I'm done? So that's a slightly different question from the, is this package recyclable or compostable? Because just because it says it's recyclable doesn't mean it explains how to recycle it. For example, the cap and the bottle might have different instructions, or maybe you're in a peanut butter jar that's hard to clean out and you know the recycling facility is going to throw it in the trash if they see a dirty peanut butter jar. But the jar is recyclable, but not with all that peanut butter in it, right? So you need to quickly and clearly explain to consumers how to actually make sure it gets to where it's going to go. So tell them to clean it, tell them to separate the cap or leave the cap on, or maybe there's different instructions for the box and the bag, etc. Just do whatever you can to communicate what they need to do to increase the chances that they actually do it. Okay, so those are the five sections, 30 questions. Just kind of blasted them at you there. (laughs) Again, you can go in the show notes and download the PDF so you can use this as something of an internal audit later when you're looking at your packaging. As a recap, we talked about messaging, images, branding, form, and sustainability. A lot of questions amongst those. You might have other questions feel free to shoot them over to us at evolve at modernspecies.com if you think we should include them in a a future update of this. But in the meantime, that is kind of it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being part of this community. Thanks for buying products that are better for the world. Thanks for creating products that are better for the world. It is this community is this space. It is these products that will help us get to where we need to go as a species. So Thank you again. And again, if you're not familiar, join us on EvolveCPG, either .com or community.evolvecpg.com. Thank you. Subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel for more innovator interviews, expert advice, and leadership discussions. If you like this episode, leave a heart, thumbs up, or review, and share it with your colleagues. As an ever-evolving show, we also love feedback. So send us your thoughts or ideas for who we should talk to next to evolve at modernspecies.com dot com.